Welcome to the first episode of The Closet Hooper. I am your host, Mr. Hooper, and as the name implies, we are a basketball channel specifically covering the NBA and all things related to it. Today's episode, the first episode, is going to be covering one team that I believe is being slept on in the league, the Dallas Mavericks. In this video, I will talk about what I project their success to be and what I think this team has improved since last season. So we'll start by going player by player. Um, first up, Luca. Last season was definitely one of his better. Definitely, he maintained his efficiency, averaged 32 points a game, which was a career high. Still made the All NBA first team, but some of his other flaws, especially with how the rest of the roster was around him, were coming even more to light. Um, defensive tenacity, he's got to be better there. Um, his ability to play off ball, especially with Kyrie there now, Luka cannot have the ball in his hands at all times if this team is going to win. It's just not feasible. He's consistently in every playoff series, the reason he's got in every playoffs he's played in, the reason he's gotten eliminated has been because he's had the ball in his hands so much that he's gotten tired and his teammates have been unable to pick up the slack. This year, he, this season, he has a teammate, Kyrie Irving, who should be able to pick up the slack for him offensively. Uh, but if he learns how to play off the ball, it just adds a whole other dimension to his offensive game. Um, the other thing with him is conditioning. The reason he hasn't won the MVP is because he's never been able to get to a good st- get off to a good start in any season because of his offseason conditioning. Last year, he played um, in Eurobasket, and he looked pretty good there, but then in the few weeks between, he even said, said this himself in an interview, the few weeks... After FIBA and before the seat, before training camp, he was kind of uh, not really taking care of his body. So um, FIBA just ended um, about a week ago for Luca. So hopefully he can, um, hopefully he can um, be able to keep his body in shape, be ready, because that's the one thing to be, to me that hasn't cemented him as like a top like, cemented him as the top one guy. Like, top two, he's not cracking top two, with, with his, which is, in my opinion, Giannis and Jokic, without a ring. If he doesn't have a championship, he's not top two. doesn't matter how many MVPs he wins. But getting an MVP would, to me, cement him as a top three, because there's a debate that he's not even top three. You could say Embiid. You could say um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. There's a lot of guys who are in contention for that role. So if Luka was to win an MVP this year, I think it would put him firmly at number three because he has done enough in the playoffs to show that he is that guy. So that's it for Luka. Um, Kyrie next. Um, It's funny how Kyrie has become the wild card of this team and the Brooklyn Nets over the past year. Availability is the number one thing for him. Can Kyrie play 70 games in terms of like physical injuries um he has his occasional bumps and bruises but yeah the real issue is can he not get involved in any controversy um it's like he's had two now and both of them were pretty um were pretty unique given the circumstances i think this season should be a fresh start should be like 2021 when he started with Kevin Durant for the first time. Um, 
In terms of him working with Luka, I think he is a good compliment for Luka. He has experience playing off the ball. He knows how to play with other ball-dominant stars. LeBron, KD, James Harden. He's played with those guys. Again, on offense, he is one of the best peer scorers. Handles are the best in the league. He just has everything the Mavs need to have a, to be like the second point of attack. Or 1A, 1B with Luka, depending on who's having an off night. And you even saw that last season. The Mavs' offense last season was spectacular. It was their defense that was the issue. So Luka and Kyrie, they are a good duo offensively. I'll get to the defensive side later. The other thing with Kyrie is leadership. Now, Mark Cuban has gone on record saying that this is Luka's team. He is the one who's leading it. And this actually does apply to Luka a little bit. Luka and Kyrie, they need to lead the team. Everyone is going to follow them. Kyrie has proven, though, time and time and again that he hasn't been a leader the past few years. During his run with Boston, with Brooklyn, I don't think he had to do it as much because you had Kevin Durant, although he wasn't doing much either. But both of them need to step up as leaders. That, that's that's got to be what draws out the very best in all of their role players and teammates. Um, Next up, Jaden Hardy, the rookie from last season who was one of the more underrated rookies of last season, especially with how good Paolo Bancaro, um, Matherin, Walker Kessler, all those guys. Already had nine games with over 20 points. Um, now, granted, most of those games, Luka and Kyrie, for that matter, didn't really play. But to me, it just shows potential. He could be that third option. Now, I get it. It is another guard. <laughs> Three top scorers are guards, like projection wise that is the distribution's not really there and it might be easier to defend but still Hardy has got that potential especially for a first year guy who didn't really play a lot of minutes he scored most of those 20 point games off the bench um I see him maybe not this year but the in the following year maybe becoming that third option which Mavs offense again I already think it's really good so just adding a third snake to that would be really awesome. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., um, He this was his first season coming off the foot surgery he had. He had a foot injury the year before, and he missed the 22 playoffs. I think he might have been a good help for them because Hardaway, besides Kyrie and Luka, is the best shot creator on this team. Like, there was that series, 2021, against the Clippers, where he was the second-best player, clearly, Um with Luka, and then the first two games, he was, like, scoring on Kawhi and Paul George in isolation. And I was like, wow. They've got a second guy who can go at these guys? It's incredible. Now, he obviously kind of underperformed the rest of the series, but there's def- there's still potential there. He's only, I think, how old is Tim Hardaway? Um, anyway, there's a lot of potential there. He's um, 31 years old, so... Plenty of time for, or he's still like relatively in his prime, still a dead-eye shooter. Um, Defensively, I think he's just got to, just the effort's got to be there. This team does not have many stoppers. It's again one of the biggest weaknesses. Um, They don't have many backcourt defenders for that matter. They don't have like defenders for like the big centers in the league. It's That is the big issue, so it would be helpful if some of these catch-and-shoot first guys could naturally evolve into close 
as close as you can get to a 3 and D defender. Um, Seth Curry, um, they got him back. This is his third stint in Dallas. He played on Dallas in 2017, then was traded to Portland. Then he came back for 2020, um, and then he was traded again to Philadelphia, and now he's back again. So he's been with this team the most out of all the teams he's been with. He's been on a lot of teams. Um, so I think he could be... He'll, he's going to be just, he's the best shooter on the team, no doubt about it. Defensively, though, he is a bit of a liability. Um, undersized as well, but, like, just playing him, like, 15, 20 minutes maybe, you're going to get just, like, easy buckets from him. Like, Seth Curry, like, you know what you're going to get from him. He hasn't, he's yet to have a season shooting below 40% from three, which is crazy. His vol, even as his volume has increased from a bigger role. Um, next up, Grant Williams, the best signing of this last season. The best defender on the team also, in my opinion. Um, 3 and D guy for the Celtics. His minutes did go up with the Celtics, although in the playoffs they kind of dipped a little bit because he wasn't starting as much. Starting slash being that sixth man off the bench. Um, sixth or seventh with Derek White. Um, he was... 2022 playoffs... To me, he was their their most underrated de- defender. Like the Celtics had such a good defense, and he was one of the cogs in that defense. You saw, I saw game two against Milwaukee, how he defended Giannis. Um, several moments in the net series where he was able to, like, strip KD. KD like lost his dribble against him. Um, Embiid, he's like he was kind of he was like holding his ground over against Embiid, although Embiid can just shoot over him. Like, he has that capability to be, like, a potential small ball five. He can guard two through four, yet um, multi-positional. He can hit the three. as very good three-point percentage numbers. Um, He also said on the podcast with J.J. Redick, another podcast, um, that he wanted to have a bigger role on offense. And I think he has potential. There was a couple of games, one of them actually was against Dallas, where he was, like, actually, like, finishing and playing around in the post. Like, I'm thinking Grant Williams could, at his best, maybe be that Aaron Gordon type guy where he can, like, play some defense, but then you saw how in the finals Aaron Gordon was attacking, like, even some of the, like, mid-sized players on the Heat, like Max Struess, Caleb Martin, who were, like, 6'5". He was just taking them in the post and putting it in. Grant Williams has a similar um, strength to Aaron Gordon, which I think if he was able to leverage that to take advantage of more mismatches because... You gotta have like two, like your two best defenders have to be guarding Luka and Kyrie, two best perimeter defenders. So then, where does that leave like that last guy on Grant Williams, most likely? Grant Williams or the next guy we're gonna talk about, Josh Green. Josh Green, for the moment, should be this team's starting small forward. Um, last year was a big jump for him. The defense was better. He shot forty percent from three. He was showing a little bit more of like shot creation, like like. Um, Luca would be like driving, you kick it out to Green, like the defender's rushing at him. He's able to like take the de- the defender oncoming off the dribble and just like make his own play. I think that should only get better this season. Now, this season though, defensively, he has got to be their main perimeter guy. Like, I like Grant Williams, but he's more built for taking on these like bigger power forwards slash forwards. Backcourt defenders, Luca and Kyrie. They may need to improve on defense, but they cannot be guarding number one or number two options. 
It's got to be Josh Green. He's got to be the guy, like, in the Western Conference. He's got to be guarding Jamal Murray. He's got to be guarding, um, like, Austin Reeves on the Lakers. Um, he's got to be guarding Devin Booker on Phoenix or Bradley Beal. One of those guys he's got to be guarding, he's got to do it. I think he will also have a big jump this season. Or a, not a big jump, not as big as last year, but it just should be, like, incremental. Like, at his peak, he should be playing an Andrew Wiggins-type role. Just being able to guard, play 3 and D, have a little bit of creation. Um, he wasn't a terrible rebounder either for his size. So, he should be the starting small forward. Those are my thoughts on him. Um, Derek Jones Jr., another late signing. Um, he is the multi. He's another multi-positional defender for the Mavericks. Only issue with him is that he cannot shoot a 3 for anything to save his life. Um, he has, like, tr- like tremendous athleticism. There's been many highlight reels of his of his lob finishes. Um, he could be a great rim runner for Luka and Kyrie, like, if you just put him in for a bit off the bench. He could also be a small ball five. He has the length and the height for it. Um, and yeah, on defense, he's, he's pretty good. The advanced stats don't lie. Um... But again, the lack of a three-point shot just makes it so that, like, come playoff time, this guy should barely be playing. Like, his, as good as his defense is, it's just not worth it. Um, Alright, now we have basically a whole section dedicated to the Dallas Mavericks center dilemma. Just go one by one. Like, the Mavericks haven't had a good center since Tyson Chandler in 2015. It's been eight years since they've had a competent center. That will still blow my mind to this day. First off, we have Dwight Powell. Powell gets kind of a bad rap. He played all 82 games last season, which I think is underrated. The best ability is availability, and I think he did a great job of that. He just came and played every game, didn't complain. Um, the other the other problem with Powell is his offensive game is next to zero unless he's catching a lob from Luka. His defensive game is just whatever. It's just like there. I don't even know what to say about it. He's just the most meh center in the league. He, In my opinion, he might be the worst starting center in the league. I, I can't think of one that's worse than him. And he's been starting every time. He started last year. He started the year before that with Porzingis. Um, this past year when they got this last year when they got JaVale McGee, they were playing McGee. And then they took McGee out and they tried Wood for a bit, and then they went back to Powell. It's like the Mavs have been unable to find a center who can do the things that complement Luka best, which would just be be a lob threat and be able to defend slash space the floor. They've got Christian Wood who can space the floor. They've got Powell who could be a lob threat. They've got Kleba, who this is the next guy, who can kind of play defense, but his defense is less rim-protecting and more switchability, switching in the pick-and-roll. He's also a stretch five, which to me makes him the best big man out of all of these guys. His only issue is availability. He had, like, I think it was, like, was it a hamstring injury? Hamstring or meniscus injury last year. Um, He missed a couple months with that. Um, he's had availability issues the past couple of years, so he needs to stay healthy. In my opinion, he should be their starting center. Only issue with him is that he does he's not he's like 
he's not a rim protector, but neither is Powell. Powell just has a bit more athleticism, so I would go with Kleba as your as the Mavs starting center. He is their best option. Um, next up, we have Rashawn Holmes. He was at the back of the Kings rotation in their plethora of bigs. They had like him, um, I think Metu. I think he's a center. Um, uh, Sabonis, Alex Len. He was kind of at the back of that. But he was also a lob threat when he was getting minutes, which was before the Sabonis trade. He was he was getting a lot of minutes. He was a very versatile defender. He could rip protect. He could switch. He's not bad at all. Also doesn't have a three point shot. But at this point, the Mavs need defense on the front line, so I think he can give that to you. Then we got the rookie Derek Lively, who has the most defensive potential out of any of the bigs. He is a rookie though. I think they should play him a decent amount. They needed him to get his reps in to just, like, understand the feel of the game on defense and just ask him to focus on defense. Because if he becomes that rim protector, like, like say, a Walker Kessler in, like, a year or two, in, like, two or three years, that's a that might that could be an instrumental piece in getting Luka to stay with the Mavs long-term. Um, other signings, Dante Exum, Markeith Morris. Um, Exum should give them a bit of defense, but that's about it. I'm not really sure about his three-point shot. He hasn't played in the league in a while. Um, Markeith Morris, he's been a back-of-the-bench guy now since his, since leaving the Lakers a couple years ago. He's been on, like, the Heat, he's been on the Nets, and now he's on these, the Mavs. I doubt he's gonna get any minutes. He's just a back-of-the-bench. Maybe he can give some veteran leadership, because he has won a championship, I guess. That's just very meh. So on the overall outlook of this team, I would say that um, they're going to win 45 to 50 games. Assuming Luka and Kyrie play at least 65 plus, they're definitely going to win 45 to 50 games. I project them to be a fourth or fifth seed, lowest would be play-in team. I do not think they're missing the playoffs again. That I, I seriously doubt that. Like, like people forget that the reason they missed the playoffs last year, I think they would have made it if Luka and Kyrie had stayed healthy for a bit longer. It's like, when they got Kyrie, Luka was dealing with, like, a knee injury. And then they barely, they played, like, they played some games together, but then Luka kept missing games in between. And then that's why they eventually had to just tank and just, like, see the season as a lost cause. Oh, yeah. Um, recent news, Luka had, an, had a leg injury during FIBA that was actually a re-aggravation of the injury he suffered this past season. So he said, he said, quote, it's not okay. He still played in the last game to get them seventh place in FIBA. So that was pretty good. Um, what else? Um, oh, yeah. Um, the West, though, it's loaded. If the Mavs get the fourth or fifth seed, they'll be playing, well, in my opinion, top three teams. Top three teams in terms of standings, I think, are going to be Nuggets, the Suns, and the Lakers. Those are That's my opinion. So if you eliminated those guys, and to me those three are the cream of the crop in the West, well then the competition isn't getting that much easier. They could be playing the Kings, who are sure to be better next season. They were so they they were a young team first time in the playoffs. They did pretty dang good. 
so they should be better. Um, they could be playing the Warriors, who, as much as I don't like Chris, Paul, the news that Chris Paul could be starting, that team is still dangerous when you have Steph Curry on it. It will be. Um, who else? Could be playing them. They could be playing the Thunder, an up-and-coming team with now soon-to-be rookie Chet Holmgren taking the stage. They could be a team that the Mavs play. Who else? They could be playing the Grizzlies, who I think their record is going to be worse just off of Ja being suspended for 25 games. But when he comes back, they're going to rally. They're going to be there. Um, They could be playing the Grizzlies. That's a tough team to play with, especially with the Grizzlies' bigs, because they got Steven Adams, they got Jaron Jackson, Tillman. They've got big guys, the exact thing the Mavs don't have. So I don't know how they're going to defend that. Um, what else? Uh, they could be playing, who else? They could be playing the Timberwolves. I think Anthony Edwards has enough to get them there. Like the Timberwolves, they could be playing, um, who else is there? I think I named a bunch of teams already. They could be playing any one of those games. Oh, that, the Clippers. I completely forgot about the Clippers. If Kawhi and Paul George are healthy, big if. But they could be playing any one of those guys. All of those teams, though, I think it's feasible the Mavs could win. Be it in six or seven. I don't think they would win in five or even sweep is out of the question for any of those teams. I doubt they would unless major injuries happened. Um. So, yeah, I think at best, though, they're making it to the second round. In the second round, they're going to be running into one of the Lakers, the Nuggets, or the Suns. That's just a bad outcome. I think the Lakers, Nuggets, and Suns are making it to the second round. It's almost a guarantee. I think they will, provided injuries don't occur. Um, if the Mavs play any of them, I think the Mavs will lose to any of those teams. I think they could push any of those teams max to six. I don't think they have it have enough to beat those teams. This actually goes into another theme I've noticed in the league, which is that two-guard lineups where both guards' primary skill is on offense, they're not, they don't do very well. For example, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. They had a really good offense and a solid defense in their front court. But then why did they lose in the second round, in the first round to the Knicks? Because all because every single play, Jalen Brunson would be mismatch hunting for Garland and Donovan Mitchell and just scoring on them every time. Having two guards who are not competent on defense at least, it's a liability. Like, for example, the Warriors this year. Steph Curry, um, um, the year they won the championship, they were they did a very good job at hiding Steph Curry and preventing him from getting mismatch hunted. This past year, though, against the Lakers, he was getting mismatch hunted left and right. That's because the Warriors did not have enough good defenders. They had to play Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson, who's not what he was on defense. They had to play guys like that, extended minutes, Moses Moody. They had to play all those guys extended minutes, and Curry was forced now to defend the top guys. They kept getting him on the pick and roll, kept going at him. One way or another, every one of those teams in the playoffs is going to try to go at Luka and Kyrie. And the Mavs defense, in my opinion, is just flat out not good enough to hide those weaknesses. Now, again, Luka and Kyrie, just off of their offensive output, they're going to win a game. Because I haven't seen a series where Luka has played bad. Luka has not played bad in a single playoff series in his career. So I think he's still going to get his. Kyrie, with all the gravity that's on Luka, should be able to dominate, in theory. But again, their defense is just not good enough. Their big man situation, if they run into Denver, Jokic is going to eat them alive. They have no one to take him on. 
Even, like, they played the Kings. I think Sabonis would do really well, too. Anthony Davis. DeAndre Ayton. Has DeAndre Ayton. Um, who else? The, again, the Grizzlies bigs. I mentioned them. Chet Holmgren. Anyone, all of the teams out west, aside from the Clippers, have dominant, have big men who project to be dominant on both ends. So I don't see how the Mavs are going to be able to overcome that. So I think at best, they're going to make it to the second round. Not that much further. Until they get a good big man. There was, there was rumors of a trade for Clint Capella that I think would have had me thinking about how good this team could have been. Maybe a conference finals. But... Uh, that's about it. This wraps up my video on the Dallas Mavericks. Hope you enjoy. Be sure to heart like the video and stay tuned for more. NBA season starts in a month. See ya.